The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, the last time that we spoke, Adam, we were uh, bleary-eyed, we were sad, it was late in the evening for me, early in the morning for you, and the Brewers had just been swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers, but the, the sadness we felt in that moment has been replaced by pure joy as the Brewers have finished off a sweep of the First place Texas Rangers. At least I think they're still in first place because uh, Houston did lose to the Mariners last uh, last uh, afternoon. So I, I think that's still the case. But the Brewers finish off a six and three road trip, uh, splitting uh, the final six games of that series. Three wins against the Rangers, three losses against the Dodgers, and a tremendous response and bounce back uh, from that sweep. So they go sweep, swept, sweep. And finish off that road trip. Just exciting times all around after we were feeling pretty bad last week. But before we talk about all that, how are you, Adam? Better than I was last time, Andrew, that's for sure. Uh, it's nice to be talking at a, you know, acceptable time of day for both of us. But what a what a series win. Uh I will not say that I had a whole lot of faith in this happening. Um a, a series win that is, let alone a sweep. But 
as we call it around these parts, as as you once coined it on a playback, this is the real money on the table moment for the Brewers. And I'm very happy they delivered. They should be very happy with themselves. They just need to uh, not let that go to waste. Getting swept by the Dodgers, that's the kind of thing that can happen. But when you sweep the White Sox before and the Rangers after, it's 6-3 and three on that road trip. One that we looked at as being really, really pivotal. Gonna take it. That's a really big deal. And it sets them up for what is, again, a slightly, slightly more appealing stretch in the schedule. And where there will be opportunities to go and rack up some wins. And it ensures that they remain in commanding position atop the NL Central. And what more could we want right now? They sure do remain in that uh, driver's seat position. Uh, I was reading Todd Rosiak's piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel um, earlier this morning where he puts down a stat or just like a, a fact that hadn't occurred to me. But I guess when we look back on this season is is very true. Uh, the Brewers seem to have a knack for coming out of uh, three city road trips with good records. Uh, the first of which this season was in April. They went seven and three at Arizona, San Diego and Seattle. In June, they went seven and three uh, in Cleveland, New York, and Pittsburgh. And then here they go six and three in Chicago, Los Angeles, and Arlington. So they love time on the road together. They love the bomb. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's, you know, that could be it. I mean, we've had adventurous moments like Hobie Milner leading uh, guys through the subway system. So, like, maybe they got into some other things. I think that middle trip you listed off there, the one they were seven three, I think that was the New York in that instance. Yeah, I believe so. That would have been uh, the Mets series when he, you know, mm-hmm. got everyone to City Field safely. So maybe they had some other fun shenanigans pop up in, in Texas and or or uh, or Chicago or Los Angeles that bonded them. Uh, the Rangers came into this series again via Todd Rosiak's article, forty-two and twenty-one at home. Uh, so that was the best record at the time. And the Brewers come in and they win three baseball games. Um, before we get into all that, let's let's take a look at the standings as you mentioned. Uh, 68 and 57, three games ahead of the Chicago Cubs, who uh, took two out of three games from the Kansas City Royals. Um, four games ahead of the Cincinnati Reds, who lost two out of three games to the Toronto Blue Jays. Reds are now 31 and 34 at home. So kind of a, a weird thing there. The Brewers are back in the positive and the run differential plus five. Uh, we had instances in this series where it could have been a positive differential earlier, but uh Late game troubles kept that from happening, but nevertheless, they won the three baseball games. Only one real uh, news and note springs to mind for me, Adam. Uh, Rowdy Telez returns from the IL, Abraham Toro back to AAA. We saw a little bit of Rowdy in this series. Has not did not record a hit in the series, but did draw three walks on Sunday. It looks like uh, obviously, as we've been speculating the whole time, and uh, and especially because he's begun to heat up. Carlos Santana will remain the primary first baseman, and Rowdy will get at-bats here and there, spelling him at four, first, but primarily, we're assuming, at DH. Uh, any thoughts on Rowdy uh, returning to the team before we um, kind of get back into the series? Oh, my thoughts are I'm delighted to see him back. He is my favorite player on the team. I think people who have been listening over the time of his podcast will know that. Uh, it's been rough. It's been really tough for him. It's still really tough for him. But some 
some nice play discipline, which he led to him being rewarded with walks. And that's not a bad place to start. Get on base. Let's let's rediscover some of the power and let's get Rowdy backfiring. It could be a massive deal for the Brewers if they could get some version of the Rowdy Tellez who was instrumental for them last year. Um, but honestly, given, I mean, the other options they had, what they were looking at, great, Rowdy's back. Uh, Carl Santana is hitting dingers. Mark Canna is doing really, really well at the moment. So the pressure is quite low. Um, I mean, the expectations are probably lower too, but there, there might be a window here where Rowdy can just work his way through and find a groove. And if he has some assurances and the Brewers are patient, which I think they probably will be because I just don't really see a good alternative. Um, maybe this all works out and he becomes a big pickup of sorts in that old cliched way that as Brewers fans we get used to. The guys coming back off IL, being big pickups down the stretch. It'd be great if Rowdy turns back into that. But it's just, it's nice seeing back around the, the team. I think it was on Sophia Minert's Instagram story um, ahead of that second game of the series, his first game back. She had a really, a really cool clip of him and Yelly walking out the field together and Yelly forcing Rowdy to run out first. Um, so, yeah, great to see Rowdy back around the team and let's hope the production picks up big time and we get to see him drive in some runs. One thing that there was plenty of on Friday night's series opener, series opener, trying to finish that word, um, uh, was uh, run production. <laughs> as good a transition as you can have in this business, Adam, I nailed it. In the third inning, uh, William Contreras and uh, Christian Yelich go double-double to start the third inning. Contreras' double brings home Yelich to make it one nothing Brewers. Mark Canna doubles to left, then to score William Contreras. That makes it 2-0. Uh, Willie Adamas then follows with a single to score Mark Canna. Brewers are up 3-0 in the third inning. Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Andrew Heaney. Uh, Woodruff uh, gives that lead right back in the fourth. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe, homer to left center, uh, just over the outstretched glove of Mark Canna, scores himself and Kyle Seeger. Kyle Seeger, which I'm terrified of every time he steps into the batter's box. I just want that known. Um guy who has struggled with health in uh, his career, but man, he looks healthy and great right now. Uh, Mitch Garver follows that with a solo homer to tie the game up at three. Uh, in the sixth, and Adolis Garcia, single to left, scores Corey Seager, and the uh, Rangers take a four to three lead. Brandon Woodruff, uh, not his best outing. The two homers really just being what got him down five and a third innings pitch, three hits. Uh, four runs, they were all earned. Two walks, four strikeouts. Um, leaves with a 4-3 to three deficit after the sixth inning. In the seventh, the Brewers grab the lead right back. Carlos Santana crushes a home run to score himself. Christian Yelich and William Contreras, that makes it 6-4. to four. William Contreras uh, in the eighth singles to center to score Tyrone Taylor and Bryce Terang. That makes it 8-4. to four. And then a Mark Hanna fielder's choice. Um it's all baseball be thrown over a first baseman's head. Scores Yelich makes it 9-4. Brewers got scoreless relief from Elvis Piero and Abner Uribe and Hobie Milner. Uh, this game would not uh, be so simple, though. There's a thing we learned, Adam, when uh, sleepiness set in and we had to do a podcast is that uh, it might have given you and I a little bit of uh, kind of 
is divination the word, Adam? We could see the future. Uh, you know, I saw I saw the Royals and Cubs series not being a sweep. I saw a win on a, a Friday night, at least for the Brewers. And you saw Andrew Chafin being yet another one of the cursed trade deadline acquisitions. And that I'm is what happened. I'm not taking any credit. I'm not. Everyone I'm not, had I'm, seen it by then. Come on. It's been, it's been really bad. And we're trying to be, you know, it's really bad. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, the other trade deadline acquisitions are working out quite nicely and seem to be finding a groove and doing exactly the kind of things you expect from them. Um, Chafin's Matt Bush-esque, you know. That, I mean, what what he might be... the name. Beatles, what he Beatles, might be Beatles, good Beatles. for... What he might be good for, Andrew, is just, like, ramping up Devin Williams' save numbers. Devin Williams could be really grateful for all the saves he's going to get from Andrew Chafin like giving up six runs to make blowouts close games. You know, we've talked a lot about the arbitration process. Do we think uh, the Brewers are just going to be like, uh, listen, Andrew Chafin got you five of those saves. Come on now. You only had to throw six pitches in the- for three of those saves. I don't know. I don't I don't do the math. Uh, yeah, it did not go well for Chafin. Chafin. Uh, Adam has invoked the Matt Bush name. Uh yeah, we could do it some Rogers. some more opposing batters, Jason, when Chafin's up there. That that might help to you know at least slow this thing down a little bit. Yeah, Matt Bush, Taylor yeah. Rogers, things that things of that nature. Um, like to be serious on the Matt Bush thing, right? Matt Bush was having outings where he would go out there and he would just tree up, tree down, throw absolute heat. Like, that's not happening with Chafin so far. It may not be as explosively bad as Bush could be. Um, homers aren't necessarily the predominant thing we're seeing with Chafin. But well, we're also me... not seeing, on the flip side of that, I what, have we seen maybe two good performances from him as a brewer so far? I might even be generous in giving him a second. Uh, he's definitely got two... Uh scoreless outings so it looks like one one clean outing a scoreless outing with some traffic a scoreless outing so four total scoreless outings and then two outings with a three spot and one with one run so we talked about this uh a few weeks ago where we had i think we had both had him at the bottom of like the bullpen hierarchy i think we had devin yoel i had abner elvis hobie and then we had chafin and despite yesterday i think do do you still think Craig will put him in that role and try and figure it out, or do you think guys like McGill and Bryce Wilson will get those opportunities and Chafin will be relegated to the kind of things that he's gotten? In the, I mean, even this, he's not he's not coming into a high leverage situation. They're up by five runs here, and yet Devin Williams still has to be used in this game. He's your trade deadline acquisition. So Peter says like like he looks like he's struggling in the la- launching pad of the PCL. So no one's really talking about it as like a. Uh, a big thing right now because they don't have to think about him on a major league roster. But right now, we defended at the time. It's looking pretty bad. I mean, like, can you? Oh yeah, for like, sure. Will... I mean, I, McGill has a chance because McGill has that thing that I'm talking about, where when McGill has it, he throws heat, and he can be he like he gets things and misses, and he can get in and get out of there pretty quickly. Like we've just seen a good series from McGill now. 
that doesn't lead me to believe, oh, Gill's the answer, and he's going to do that repeatedly every single time. Uh, if with his stuff, he could do that repeatedly, like <laughs> he'd be one of the better relievers in baseball. There's a reason he's in the kind of spot he's in, and it's because the consistency isn't there. Um, there is look, there's probably better to come from Chafin, but we do know, and I think particularly with a midseason acquisition, it's like when things just get off on the wrong foot, it can spiral. And I don't know if there's enough time opportunity to get out of that. Um, and it feels like he's in a tailspin and the Brewers can't really afford. Like you're right in saying it wasn't a high leverage situation he was in. I would argue at this point with Chafin. Any situation where the Brewers have a lead is a high leverage situation where you don't want to put him in. He like he should be essentially on garbage duty until he can prove that he's got some trust again. Now it's not that simple. You're gonna need your relievers, you're gonna have to give him a shot, and you you really, I mean, want and hope he's gonna come true it. But before this, whatever the previous outing was, I remember us joking in the Discord about it too, and I was like <laughs> four runs isn't enough for, for Chafin. Like, you don't necessarily want him to be the guy in the game at that point. So, that's that's a problem if they're going to continue to stick with him. I do think, to some extent, you need to stick with him. Um, the Brewers aren't losing a whole bunch of games right now, and they, they don't get blown out very often at all. Like, the whole thing with this team is there aren't low-leverage situations to put pitchers into. Like the Brewers are always within striking distance, are always in a tie game, are always up one, two, three runs. In fact, the rare situation is to have the big lead you had against the Rangers, and then he just turns it into a regular Brewers game by the end. So I think you got to kind of stick with it a little bit for the moment, but every single time when Craig is weighing up his options, he's going to be more and more reluctant to go to Chafin. And it's, it's just not what you want. It's not what you want, Adam. Um, can I actually, can I offer, because uh, shout out to Logan in the Discord. He mentioned this. Eric Lauer had a really, really strong outing with the sounds yesterday. Like, that is potentially a way to, you know, deal with the chafing problem um, and really kind of limit how reliant you are on him. If there's a confidence that Lauer is back, he's figured something out, even if he's to be a bullpen arm for the rest of the season bring Eric Lauer back up as a lefty in the bullpen could be a big, big deal. So maybe, Andrew, maybe that could be an answer. We'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. We will see. Um, I guess uh, there would have to be some sort of uh, IL stint in that case. If uh, if we're to see Lauer get an opportunity to be the left-handed arm in the bullpen, uh, based on Craig's post-game comments that I don't have right here, it sounds like he's, like you said, going to uh, keep trying to see what Chafin's got and try and get him right, but we'll see how that goes. After uh, Mitch Garver and uh, Robbie Grossman reach base, J.P. Martinez ground out to second, makes it 9-5. Uh, Duran's double scores Grossman to make it 9-6. Travis Jankowski uh, doubles to make it 9-7. I think that was after uh, Devin Williams had been brought into the game to replace Chafin. Marcus Simeon grounds out to third, makes it 9-8. Uh, Brewers uh, end up getting out of it, winning the game 9-8. Devin Williams comes in to... Uh, clean up the night, and the Brewers get uh, get that nine eight win. Uh, not the sharpest day from Woodruff. Tough stuff from Chafin, but fourteen hits for the Brewers. Big home run from Santana. Uh, five for eleven with runners in scoring position. Everything going right for the offense. Moving on to Saturday's game. This one was on, I think uh, Fox Sports One, so another national broadcast for the Brewers. Freddie Peralta on the mound against Dane Dunning. Uh, Brewers score early in this one. Carlos Santana again hits a home run to make it one nothing. Willie Adams in the third uh, singles to score Carlos Santana to make it two nothing. Um, in the bottom of the third inning, uh, Leotis Tavares uh, grounds into a fielder's choice to score Travis Jankowski that makes it two to one. Freddie Peralta missing bats again and looking like the Freddie Peralta that. Uh, we had hoped to see post all-star break uh, limiting the homers, striking out a lot of uh, Rangers and just doing his job. Freddie throws five and two thirds innings with uh, just the one run allowed and a whopping 11 strikeouts pitched around two walks and four hits, 109 pitches really just ramped up uh, his, uh, his uh, workload there. And, Probably could have got one more out, but understand why Craig opted to go to the reliever there and and not allow him to finish that sixth inning. Nevertheless, just a great outing from Freddie Peralta. And I think, you know, it was something we've talked about all season, but it just like seems like this is the guy Freddie Peralta is going to be more often than not uh, for the rest of this season. Um, and for the Brewers, that's a big thing uh, coming into this series. Uh, I said that I thought um, the Brandon Woodruff game was the one to win if they were going to have a test and, you know, potentially lose this series or only win two out of three. But Freddie Peralta turned in the best start of the weekend. Yeah, Freddie's looking great. And it's it's nice to see him putting it together. And even in this instance, one inning where he almost was in trouble or it looked like he lost it and he works his way out of that, it, senses pitch count soaring he is by far though the one starter that the brewers are really comfortable with like going deep into deep into the pitch count deep into a game i find that kind of interesting um because it just seems like it's something that generally they really really shy away from with guys but for whatever reason freddie is the one who even at moments when he hasn't quite had it like he does at the moment it seems very comfortable with him going over 100 pitches, so that's kind of interesting. 
Um, but makes a massive, massive difference. I mean, we're glad to have Brandon Woodruff back. Corbin has been pitching well, as we all know. Adrian Hauser's pitching well at the moment, as we'll get on to shortly too. But having Freddie to kind of just, I don't know, be, be an anchor in the middle of that uh, starting rotation is, I think, a key factor in the Brewers' recent success. I mean, have they won his last three starts now? Feel like that's uh, last right. four starts. Last four starts, or all, all four, all four of his starts this month, uh, according well, to Todd Rosiak. I don't have any complaints about that. No, uh, his uh, fifth time this year with twenty plus swings and misses, he had twenty two of them. Uh, career high one hundred nine pitches. Just went out there, took the ball, and uh, got it done. And like you said, it seems like they're the most comfortable. Um, at this point right now, letting him just <laughs> throw a lot of pitches and for the most part, work his way out of trouble. Obviously, um, once you get up into that 109 uh, pitch count area, Craig was uh, ready to replace him with Hobie Milner, which uh, ended up being the right call. Uh, Hobie get, throws a scoreless inning, uh, so gets the final out of the sixth and gets two outs in the seventh. Admiral Rebe gets the final out of the inning on a strikeout. Brewers would get more runs in this game. A Willie Adamas homer in the six makes it 3-1. Andrew Monasterio singles in the six to score Mark Canner to make it 4-1. In the seventh, a Carlos Santana double scores William Contreras to make it 5-1. In the ninth, Mark Canna adds one more run of insurance to make it 6-1. Brewers get scoreless relief as well from Yoel Piamps and Trevor McGill, who closed out the rest of the game. Big day for Willie Adamas. Willie goes 4-4. Four for four with a run, two RBI, the homer, and a walk. So reaches base every time he comes to the plate. Um, obviously, on the homer, uh, he circles the bases. So, uh, you know, touch all of them for good measure. But, uh, I mean, he has the 0 for 4 on Sunday, which we'll talk about. But back-to-back games of quality for Willie Adamas, a dominant series at the plate for him for the most part. During a time where we thought that, you know, the final game against the Dodgers goes over four with four strikeouts and just looks like he's lost at the plate. But he says as much himself. Something... He had the quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has something clicked here? I don't know. Remains to be seen. But I think we're just going to appreciate any good, good moment we get from Willie this season because they've been so few and far between. But uh, hopefully it's a step in the right direction. At the very least, it was key in sweeping a series against at the time, one of the better teams in baseball. Yeah, the key is we need to see a big moment in the twin series. We need to see a big moment against the Padres. We need to see a big moment against the Cubs. And I say a big moment because even at the best of times, Willie is not necessarily going to be your on-base guy, right? So the fact him being 4-4 four four with a walk is completely uncharacteristic and I don't really know how much it tells us about where he's at at all. Uh, maybe the one thing to come out of this is the actually kind of verbalizing his struggles and just coming out with it and maybe in some ways being somewhat resigned to it or trying to just be like, yeah, that's what it is. I'm just going out there. I'm trying. It's out there. Let's see what happens. Maybe freed him up a little bit um, to talk about it like that and to talk about his struggles. But we saw his two homer game, whatever series that was, um, where again it's like, oh, is Willie about to break out? And then it just flatlined again. 
So the key for me is what can he do against the Twins? I'm not looking for him to be on base all the time. Um, but Willie Adamas could be like two for ten in a two-game series last season, but those two are both home runs, you know, and that's that's the kind of thing that that will work. You're going to be fine with that. So if he can continue to show that there's something there, that's when we can start to get a little bit more excited about that. But the problem has been, oh, one good series, and then it's not followed up. So I'm going to be watching quite closely how he looks against the Twins and then into the Padres. I think it's a big week for Willie and for his confidence for the rest of the year. Yeah, confidence is uh, the key word there because obviously uh, baseball is very physical, you know, mechanics, uh, swing decisions, uh, things like that. But it's also very mental, especially you play 162 games. The struggles start to pile up. Willie has been, obviously, like you said in the quotes and interviews uh, that he's given, has been pretty candid about how it feels to struggle this much. So maybe some sustained bit of confidence can give him at least enough production in this lineup that he's a net positive as the Brewers push for the playoffs. Final game of the series, Adam, if on opening day, I uh, pulled you aside and said, Adrian Hauser is going to outduel Max Scherzer in Texas. Um, you would have asked what, why, how, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, Adrian Hauser on the mound against Max Scherzer, who obviously went like, to. Uh, I I don't know. I don't think very highly of Max Scherzer. This guy just gets lit up every time he sees the Brewers. Just gets he's, lit uh, up. He sucks. What the can Brewers we say? are a, a Max Scherzer killer. I think we've seen that as we reminisced the other day, the day of our uh, our watch party in Milwaukee. It was outdueled by uh, Wade Miley. So just you know and. Max Scherzer made sure the... all of our GSPN listeners went home happy. And listen, we're appreciative for that. But he sees a Brewers uniform. He just shrinks into himself. Uh, he he sent home everyone that didn't have to talk to me happy. Is the way we should phrase that. Uh, in the third inning, Brewers get the scoring started. The aforementioned Willie Adamas hit by a pitch and one that looked very scary scores Tyron Taylor to make it one nothing. Uh, you know, maybe that's not the way we want you to drive in runs, Willie, but we appreciate you sacrificing your body for the team. Uh, Rowdy Telez follows that with a bases loaded walk of his own to score Christian Yelich. That makes it 2 nothing. In the third, the man I'm terrified of, Corey Seager, hits a solo homer to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, Christian Yelich in the fourth doubles to right to score Tyron Taylor. It is to 3-1 after four innings. Adrian Hauser goes five, six hits, just the one run, a walk, seven strikeouts. The homer by Seager, the only real damage. Uh, 82 pitches for Hauser. Um, yeah, so one of the good Hauser starts. I mean, he's had, I mean, you, you pull it out over the broad spectrum of his work this year, and he's done what you kind of expect from that fifth starter role. Um, he's pitched in uh, 18 games, 16 starts. 88 in the third innings. So other than the volume that you would want, obviously he's dealt with injury issues at certain points. 4-2 ADRA across those 88 in the third innings. Uh, has had starts where he's looked good. Has had starts where the base runners and the runs pile up. But this was a very good start for the Brewers uh, in a series finale where I think every Brewer fan going into this would have said, this game's gravy. This is the icing on 
top, this is, or the cake, this is the cherry on top. Go finish it off. But if you lose the Adrian Hauser start, it is what it is. Instead, Adrian Hauser went out there and he shoved. He's been delivering. I mean, that's the thing that the Brewers have had a few different pitchers stand up and do that. Um, we haven't maybe talked about Hauser in that kind of breadth throughout much of the season, but it feels like there's something more sustainable about it being him. Like he has been in this role and he has been solid, if not great. We know there will be moments when it will go wrong. Um, but I think he's had a pretty good month. I mean, the Brewers have won three out of his four starts. He pitched really, really well against the Dodgers. And I think had some real misfortune in that particular start. So I like what I'm seeing from Adrian Hauser right now. And I think if you take out of the equation, a game I believe you were there for, um, I think his last two months have been pretty exceptional. He gave up six earned runs in four innings against the Braves in Atlanta. Um, Outside of that, I think he's been really, really strong. And honestly, you can even go back like before that. It's really kind of since he got lit up against the A's in that misfortunate, uh, unfortunate game for the Brewers. But he's he's generally been very, very solid. And like even his numbers, which are quite inflated, they are inflated by three kind of blow-up games over the course of the season. I think that's what's there. There will be a start where it just doesn't work and you're going to lose the game. But given how often he's pitched for the Brewers this season, I think you'll take that so far it's happened three times and the rest of the time he's kind of hanging in. He'll give you a chance to win a game. Yeah, this month the bad start has been like five innings, four runs, and you leave with a chance still to win the game, not like the Blue Jays or the A's or the Braves start. So if if that's the uh if that's the bad start for the like the string of four starts, you'll take that. And uh, then when you get five innings, one run, and you've got a lead and you're able to flip over to the bullpen to finish things out, that's that's a great outcome <laughs> for the Brewers. Um in the uh, eighth inning with a three-run lead, Tyron Taylor triples to score Victor Caratini and Bryce Terang. Um, Caratini had reached on an error. The Rangers' defense was not good in this game. Uh, three errors for the Rangers, uh, two errors for the Brewers. So really uh, dog days of summer, getaway uh, day-type baseball there. Uh, but the Brewers will take it. So up 5-1 uh, to one after the Taylor double. Carlos Santana singles to center to score Taylor uh, to make it six to one. Uh, ninth inning was once again a little shaky for the Brewers. Bryce Wilson comes on, uh, allows a runner to reach base. Uh, I, I guess it was a hit and an error uh, on Bryce Rang. Made a nice play to get over to a ball ranging over to his left, but the throw was off the mark. It allowed the runner to get to second. Uh, that runner was Duran. He would score on a Leotis Tavares ground out to make it six two. With two outs in the inning, Devin Williams comes on. Uh, to record the final out of the game, give the Brewers a six to two win, and uh, complete the series sweep. Um, yeah, good work all around uh, from the Brewers in this series. Four for eleven with runners in scoring position in this game. Five for eleven with runners in scoring position in the first game. Uh, 
seven hits and six runs in the finale, uh, or six runs and seven hits, excuse me, um, 15 hits and six runs in the second game, and then uh, 14 hits, I believe it was, and nine runs in the first game. So the bats showed up, got enough starting pitching and relief work, and the Brewers sweep a first-place team. Satisfied as we've been after a series all season. Is the best series of the season for the Brewers? It's got to be right there. I mean, I know that the Red series to open up the second half was a really big deal, sweeping the Reds in Cincinnati and maybe, not even maybe, it's more consequential because it's a team in the division race. But also after getting swept by the Dodgers with the Cubs breeding down your neck, the Reds had the possibility to... uh to win more than they did in this series. You gotta you have to find something and to find this much seems like a pretty big deal. But to me, that's kind of it's maybe those two series are the the ones in mind for kind of standouts of the year so far. Uh unless we go like right back to, you know, when you and I were in Milwaukee and the Mets well, stakes were a lot lower in the second series of the year. So I, I think it's probably between this Rangers series and the sweep of the Reds is the best year for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, Because of the context of like, like you said, being swept by the Dodgers. And also we were garbage time sloppiness away from all of these wins, especially the final two feeling just like dominant, um, especially on, Friday um, just because of the offensive onslaught. So yeah, I'll agree with that. I think it's the most satisfying series of the season. Um, Especially again, looking who the Cubs were playing and the Royals and we thought, okay, this is maybe the series where they give some games back to the Cubs. And now they've kind of steadied the ship going into an off day two with the twins. uh, And then another off day. And then the Padres come to town. Um, so they, yeah, they uh, they stopped the bleeding during a time where they had a high degree of difficulty and some of the opponents they were chasing, or especially the uh, the Cubs, the Reds played the Blue Jays, who are a competent team, although, you know, I'll never forgive them for them losing uh, two out of three to the Cubs the previous weekend. Um, I don't appreciate that. Uh so yeah, I, I I agree with you. You know, nothing's going to replace the the magic of watching that Garrett Mitchell walk off homer uh, in the Mets series and uh, the aforementioned Wade Miley domination, the uh, opening day Bryce Terrain Grand Slam. Uh, that's all. That's all. You know, locked in uh, my memory bank forever. But this was uh, incredibly important and and meaningful to. It feels like it's meaningful to what the rest of the season will be because things could have gone awry and they didn't for sure should we hand out some beers yeah i think you've got your your hands full there you're carrying so many this is this is a workout yeah the uh the checkout lady asked if i wanted to hear about a 12-step program um willie adamas gets two beers just outstanding series as we mentioned tyrone taylor had a really good series. Uh, a guy who I don't know that we expected much from him coming back from uh, 
his uh, injury to start the season. He had the, I guess it was the the elbow that's been giving him trouble. And he seems to have found a little something lately. And um, because of, I guess, necessity, uh, the Brewers have had to, to stick with him. Uh, and it's starting to pay off in August. 342, 390, 658 slug for a 1.048 OPS in 38 at-bats and two homers. How much of that keeps up? I don't know, but outstanding month and outstanding series for Taylor. Carlos Santana gets two beers. Um, The homers, even when his overall offensive performance had not been consistent, he's hit six homers as a brewer since the trade deadline, and this series uh, really stepped up his overall production. Four for 13, six RBI, two walks, three runs scored. So two beers for uh, Santana. Bryce Terang, some quiet consistency continues. William Contreras, a single beer as well. Uh, Mark Canna displayed uh, great uh, patience at the plate, and he's also got some key hits to drive in runs as a brewer. So uh, some of the new acquisitions, even if their overall numbers aren't blowing you away, have been, you know, uh, the positive contribu- contributors, uh, contributors even, uh, that we uh, thought they'd be. We'll see how that shapes up the rest of the year. Christian Yelich gets a beer. Sal Freelick gets a beer. Just two for six on the series. But uh, uh, now you won't like this, Adam, but a key bunt base hit to really get a rally going uh, in one of it, those games. It was a good bunt. It was a good bunt. I, uh, and then, there's, I, there is a difference. I will I'll clarify because we don't talk bunts very often anymore. My position has evolved somewhat, though. When you've got Sal Freelick's speed... There is a time and a place, and if you're using it sparingly, which he does, that's what can happen. I think that's the ideal yeah. use. I I hate the cowards who just they're not good at hitting, so they're bunting. Right. It's like self relic is like okay, I can mix things up here. I can catch the infield defense sleeping, and it's a smart thing to do with my speed. I think that's a smart play. It's when someone who just can't hit is bunting because they have to take an at bat. That's where I've got a problem. Like that's. That's just really dumb. You might as well take a big swing. Sal Freelich, yes, it makes sense. He has got the tools and he's hitting well enough generally that it's like, yeah, you can mix a match and you're adding an extra element, something for the pitcher to worry about, something for the defense to worry about. So that's my position on this. For longtime listeners, this is this is a big moment. The embrace debate. Uh, N- Numak says that you should bunt every at bat uh he would sacrifice bunt every time uh you get a runner on first oh, this is because something. all new Mike wants to see for baseball is guys like head down powering trying to get down the first baseline that's that's all he's interested in anytime he just wants any kind of contact off the bat and guys just charging towards first base that's it that's i don't know that feels like the opposite of a purist this is what he's into i don't know look you guys know Numak, this, this weird guy. That's this is what his <laughs> worldview is. This is his idea of baseball. So I don't think that's the way to go. I think there's a time and a place and a specific player. Like I think the Brewers do have enough guys where it can make a lot of sense, and they probably could bunt more between the likes of Sal Freelick. Christian Yelich, now that he's kind of struggling again, we're not really talking about that, but that is that has fallen off a cliff somewhat. Um, I saw some stats that were not great the other day. We'll 
decent series. So hopefully, hopefully we don't have to worry too much about that. But with Freelake, with Weimer, with Tarang, like these are all fast guys. But I think you need to be hitting pretty well too for it to make sense of something you're mixing in, as opposed to it just being, well, this guy can't hit, so he's gonna look to bunt. Like that's not gonna help you get your bunts either. So yeah, I, I think there's opportunity because of the speed the Brewers have. There is a time, there's a place, there's the right player. And in this case, I think Sal Freilich made a really good decision. As do I, I'm pro bunts for hits. I'm anti-sacrifice bunts. Uh, they're disgusting. They're reprehensible. The addition of the DH has made them less necessary. And for that, I appreciate the DH. Uh, next up on the board, uh, getting a beer is Freddie Peralta. Uh, we mentioned his outstanding start with the 11 strikeouts, 22 whiffs. Adrian Hauser gets a beer. Elvis Pagaro gets a beer. Abner Uribe, Hobie Milner, and Trevor McGill. 125 games played, if I can do math correctly. Uh, Devin Williams has 28. Christian Yelich has 24. Yul Piamps has 23. William Contreras has 22. Corbin Burns has 21. Hobie Milner with 17. Willie Adamas with 16. Joey Weimer, Bryce Turner, Elvis Pagaro with 15. Brian Anderson with 14, Freddie Peralta with 13, Owen Miller and Bryce Wilson with 12, Peter Shreslecki and Victor Caratini with 11, Rowdy Tlaez, Andre Monasterio with 10, Wade Miley, Sal Freelick 9, Julio Tehran, Colin Ray, Adrian Hauser with 8, um, Tyron Taylor and Abner Ebay with 7, Garrett Mitchell, Blake Perkins with 5, Jesse Winker, Brandon Woodruff, Trevor McGill with 4, Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer, Carlos Santana with 3, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Rymel Tapia, Abraham Toro and Mark Hanna with 2, Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, J.B. Bukowskis, Jemai Jones, and J.C. Mejia round things out. Let's talk a little bit about it, Adam, but do you want to look ahead more specifically? Let's do it. Let us do it off day today on the Monday, um, which is, you know, good for baseball teams and podcasters alike. Uh, Brewers return to action at home. Tuesday, August 22nd, 7 Central start. Wade Miley against Bailey Ober. They wrap things up Wednesday, August 23rd, 1 Central start. Uh, Corbin Burns against Kenta Maeda. Another off day on Thursday before the Padres head to town. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser lineup to start that series. And then the Brewers head to the Cubs uh, next Monday, August 28th, for a very important series. We'll see what the Complexion of the division looks like at that point, as we mentioned, three-game lead over the Cubs, four-game lead over the Reds. Um, yeah, we're getting we're getting down to the thick of it, Adam. Soon we'll be <clears throat> talking about uh, hopefully the playoffs, or at the very least, um, you know that that series, uh, that second series against the Cubs to close out the season looms large. You assume that I've already got plane tickets ready to go. I won't comment on that at this time, but uh, we can talk about that when when the time comes. That seems like a, a very strong commitment you just made there. By your standards. I have no money. I have no money. Uh, That's because yeah, you've already else? booked the flights. So you clear it. Uh, this, is like when, this is like when Andrew's pretending he's not trying to take the Brewers to North Carolina. Um, I'm hoping we're going to see the Brewers return home with a couple wins against the Twins. Not to go full Dr. Seuss here. Um, but they're in a good position. And I think, you know, let's, let's put the foot down here. It has got to be the, the attitude. Let's really try to go 
and take control of this. Where is your optimism levels at? Are you going to give us, I mean, you you knew the Cubs were dropping games to the Royals. The Tigers is another one where it's like, mm, the Tigers. Um, but hey, if the Royals could get to a tree, maybe the Tigers could do the same. It's tough for me to be optimistic two series in a row against just like, I mean, people make fun of the NL Central, but the AL Central again uh, is, you know, a division that doesn't exactly scare you. Uh, but, you know, let me let me take a look. Well, my uh, my optimism is waning uh, for this stretch of can, seven games for the Cubs. Can the Tigers get one? Um, I said yes the last, last the time Cubs, and it worked. The, the Cubs have played two fewer games than the Brewers, too. Which, when you've got the lead, it's like, oh, you know, games are banked, wins are banked. So this is one, they'll, will, they'll gain one game on the Brewers with a three-game series versus the Brewers, too. If they could lose that, you know, they can go think of two and one, the Brewers go two and oh. I mean, that would work for me, Andrew, if you want to just give the go ahead for that. Um, all right, I'll I'll be bold. Prediction sure to go wrong. The Tigers will win game two of this series against Drew Smiley. I think who I think might be a former Tiger. It feels like he's played for every team in baseball. Uh, let me, let me check that. He's got a four nine two ERA on the year. You know, not exactly lighting it up. Yeah, started his career with the Tigers. Has played for the Tigers, Rays, Rangers, Phillies, Giants, Braves, Cubs. Drew Smiley loses to the Tigers. Final, final answer, Regis. The Reds. Ha! Uh, they're starting a seven-game road trip out west. Beginning with three against the Angels. If there's any chance uh, a good version of the Angels could show up and maybe just put the Reds out of their misery and make this a two-horse race? Uh, I would like that. One less thing to think about. Um, I'm, the Angels are so... I know. Just depressing. They're so depressing. But they could. They could take two out of three in this series because they have Shohei Otani on their team. Uh and we do get an Otani start in this series on Wednesday, day game, it looks like. Although, you know, some of the arm fatigue in the second half. Also get a Lucas Giolito start. He's competent. Reed Detmers against Andrew Abbott battled the lefties in game two. You know what, Adam? I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. We're just going to throw out predictions, sure to be wrong, and see what happens. I'll say the Angels take two out of three from the Reds. All right. Listen, I'll... I'll take these predictions and uh, I'll hold you accountable for them on our next episode. There were some complaints from listeners that, uh, you know, I was just, they were in front of my eyes and I, I cited ESPN's playoff probability for the <laughs> Brewers after the last series. So right on cue, Adam McAlvey's just tweeted here and I've seen it. So I will share it. The Brewers' postseason odds reached a season high during their weekend sweep of the Rangers. 88, 88.1% to make the playoffs as of this morning, according to Fangraph's robot overlords. So for all the big, big fans 
of you know all the numbers of fan graphs. There you go, eighty eight point one percent. That's that's a good number. You know, we're we're just a couple of idiots, but eighty eight point one percent. That seems that seems good. We're moving in the right direction here, Andrew. All right, that does it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network for all things Milwaukee books. Talking to Tundra for everything Green Bay Packers. And make time for this for movies, TV, pop culture, and other stuff. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.